Inside LAFC, episode six, it's now in the books or in the process of going into the books. I'm Max Bredos of YouTube TV, the TV voice, Vince Rosa, who is with LAFC.com. And uh, hey, Vince, it's been a wonderful few weeks to be writing about this club. You, you probably want something something to happen, a little twist or something, but it's just been all good news. I know, you think journalists and you think we all just love <laughs> conflict. Uh, yeah, a little controversy, there's none. Yeah, no controversy. It's it's just all everyone thinks that I'm a homer right now. But what, I mean, when the team's playing this well, of course I sound like a homer. <laughs> I've been getting that impression when I read it. I go, what do you expect him to say? Anyway, thrilled for you guys, our audience, to be listening. We're getting great feedback. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to all the LAFC podcasts out there. Uh, I've been getting to listen to a little bit more often. They are fantastic and a great companion. For every LAFC fan, uh, the new Walker Zimmerman one. Uh, and there's another one, correct? Another one. Back to uh, back. Jordan Harvey, Stephen Bader, are back to back. And you got to look at it on, on ins- or you see it on social media, but Harvey has, he looks like James Bond. He's got a little salt and pepper in the beard. He's got this steely look. Yeah. It's very striking. They're, uh, I'm a little jealous of their logo, Max. I kind of feel like we need to do a little photo shoot to get something <laughs> as good as that because that's fantastic. That's all credit to one the great genes of Jordan Harvey and Stephen Bateshire, and two, uh, the fantastic work of uh, Jeff Parrish, our graphic designer, because yeah. that's a cool logo. 100% transparency. Uh, the creation of the Inside LAFC logo, it, it had some legs, and Jeff Parrish uh, had to go to the editing room a few times. Uh, I, but let me explain something really quick before we go any further. I am uh, in between trips, so that is why we're actually doing this. You maybe only want, we'll find out how it goes, but this is probably audio only this week. So uh, bear with us as we return from some travels. But I was in Mexico uh, for this really cool um, uh, cross-promotion thing with LAFC and Hornitos, uh, our sponsor. I don't want to give away too much, but we went down there. Everyone was great. Opened the door for us to see uh, how things are done. And uh, we got some really cool stuff ahead for that. And I can't wait for you guys to all see it. But we were in Guadalajara. Obviously, went to the Tequila Town. Um, and just explored how Lisco had a lot of good food, uh, maybe too much good food, and so there was tequila to be had. Uh, so, Max, about an hour before we're doing this, Marcus finally came in, who was on the trip with you, and I was told I need to ask about one, street dog and street tacos. There's, there's the stories with both, so I think you need to explain <laughs> yourself on why I need to ask about those before we go any further. All right, so uh, my son wants to get his – we have a dog, little Sadie, she is a Maltese Yorkie mix. Uh, she's getting she's getting a little bigger, a little older, but he wants his own dog and he wanted to rescue a dog. So my wife will not have it because we don't take good care enough, good enough care of Sadie. He, she wants to see us to why we can prove to her that we are going to be good with dogs. So I, I threatened, uh, I called her, I go, hey, Maxie, my son, I go, I found his dog here in Mexico and I started following him around. And took films of it and my torturing my wife. I go, we're bringing him back. And he got him all excited. So I kind of waved the carrot uh, with no intention of actually bringing a dog on a plane back to Los Angeles, a, a mid-sized dog. But they're very sweet and they follow us around. And uh, we, we had some revelry uh, in the town square of Tequila. And uh, after that, needed something to eat. So we went to the street tacos. And I must have eaten nine tacos. We ate at two stands. We go, hey, this one, let's try this one over here. Ate, ate it of Cabeza Head. Tripe, which is the intestines, everything, and they were all delicious. Maybe I was really hungry. The story I heard was that, yes, you guys went to one place, and they figured that that was going to be it, and you were like, no, 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 let's go over here now, and made everyone <laughs> eat again. People were putting them down. That's what you do. I Thank mean, God that's not the whole time. Your ability to put down tacos, Max, is, is becoming legendary, I believe. You know, 
You know what the secret is when uh, the vendors make it, uh, they get the tortilla and they, they cook it on the grill so it gets really greasy. So it's almost like when those guys are eating the hot dogs in the hot dog eating contest, it goes, it's, it's like all lubricated and it goes right down. So that's the exact phenomenon here with the tacos. Over under how many tacos did you eat, man? I, I had nine. I had nine. I could have, and I could have gone more, but then the next morning you felt it, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's not just the tacos. It's the grease and the onions and cilantro and jalapenos. And, and the list goes on. And tequila. Tequila. You're for, listen, I, you try to stay bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, but you're doing a story about tequila. You <laughs> would be doing it at mis- injustice if you didn't <laughs> partake. Uh, but anyway, I'm also going to London now with my family. We had a family trip, so I'm actually going to head to the airport. That's why we're doing it like this. This was planned previously, but it's like a five-day, two-day, two-and-a-half days in London, two-and-a-half days in Paris show. Just a little family. It's not really well organized, but we'll see how it goes. I was supposed to go to Chelsea – West Ham, which is Monday, and I don't know what happened. I swear it said it was on the 5th, and now it says it's on the 7th, and we're going to be in Paris, so I won't be able to see that game. So no football in it, which is unfortunate, um, but should, should be good family time. Yeah, we might have to have you Skype in from Europe. Give us the lowdown on what's going on there. I think we're going to have to do that. So next week is going to be a similar situation, and then I'll be settled in. This is just a crazy couple weeks. So Yeah, you got to be back for FC Cincinnati, right? We need you, Max. Yes, we need you. <laughs> Can't wait to be back at the bank. That's the next home game. And uh, LAFC, let's get let's get to the team. Enough about me. Okay. You keep asking these questions. I want to talk to you about you, Vince, because I haven't seen you and I miss you. Oh, I haven't seen you either, but I just I see all these Mexico ex- escapades. I see Max on a horse in sandals, which I believe is not the proper footwear for no. horses. Uh, and they just have to know about all these things. But you're right. We probably should talk about the team because, again, they are flying yes. high. Yes, the Instagram account was very active. You've got to do it when you're there. Yeah, okay, so let's. Instagram. Let's talk about San Jose, and it was an absolute landslide. And I, I, we, we want to talk more, a little bit more about DC United, but what happened at San Jose, Carlos, I mean, they were scoring for fun. It was a track meet. Uh, at The layer on top of that was the massive images all over LAFC social media of the invasion of LAFC fans going in there in huge numbers. It, it really was a triumphant day. At, at risk of repeating myself, this, this stood out in many ways because they just laid down a marker. And Villa, we, t- we chatted about MVP stuff. He, he's, he is the front runner now, and he will be for a few w- weeks unless the bottom falls out. And the supporting cast, Rossi, he could have had another goal. I mean, he missed one right there in the first half. And then the continued pressure, just the, the precision. It seemed like, uh, Vince, the perfect... Uh, I mean, Bob Bradley on the sideline, just elated, pumping his arms. He had to, he, it had to be a couple times there. He goes, this is what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. I mean, Bob wanted them to meet the physical challenge and then, but also still play their football. And they melded those perfectly. I mean, San Jose, it's just weird to watch them play because they have their distinct style and, you know, we're a team that has our style, but we can play a few different ways, uh, but they have no nuance to their style. I mean, they literally no, go out there man to man. Uh, basically, I mean, if you want to get really technical with them, what they do is they go man-to-man to try to leave one man open in the back, figuring teams will have to build by dropping a- another free man in the back. Well, AFC said, all right, we'll go two for two for you in the back. We'll- we trust Walker. We trust Eddie Segura to pass. And they just passed through that first line of of confrontation, and then it was off to the races from there. And wow. They did not have the foot speed to keep up with any of our players. Yeah, the freedom. And it, it, look, we know it's this is – this not, not even argument. It's the worst team right now in Major League Soccer. They have a lot to fix. But even though that's the case, how many times have we seen really bad teams or bad teams 
playing at home and answer the bell. We saw it last season against this LAFC team. You see it with the best teams. They struggle on trips like this. But for LAFC to go and seamlessly take care of business in an afternoon game, clean set of heels and be back home, uh, <laughs> that's how you function. That's what you want to see. Yeah, I think uh, I think one of the best lessons was that preseason with San Jose. I mean, you've got San Jose coming in there. They kind of punched LAFC in the mouth. Had we not had that match, I don't know, maybe it would have been different. Maybe LFC is not ready for the challenge right out the gate. But, I mean, that opening whistle, it was like off to the races. We, we know exactly what we're in for, and there's no surprises. And I think that's the only way San Jose is going to get teams this year, at least with the personnel they have, right, is if those right. teams aren't ready to match their physicality. And when they are and they're able to play through them, then San Jose is just going to get done over again and again. Vince, we'll put San Jose aside, but the biggest star they have is their coach. Big move when Matias Almeida arrived. I was very excited. I'm a huge fan of him as a player and as a coach. And there was an image at the end with his head in his hands, and it was downright depressing. And because I mean, I would like to get your thoughts on what you've seen because I want this to work in some capacity for San Jose because that's a coach you want in the ranks of Major League Soccer. Has great contacts in Argentina, South America, and Mexico, and long-term should help San Jose. But if San Jose is in worse shape now than when they when he started, you, I thought we'd see an impression, but they're actually a worse team than they were last season. And there's these weird lines crossing because Chivas just fired their manager and he had success there and now he's here. It's like these revolving doors, just strange, but you figure it's going to get better. But if it doesn't get better, this is going to create a really awkward situation up in Northern California. Yeah, he doesn't strike me as the type that's willing to stick around, although he has a pedigree uh, in bringing teams from the very depths all the way back up to where they need to be. But, I mean, you kind of nailed it on the head. The only good thing we can maybe say about him right now is he's got good contacts. So hopefully, because right now, it's a per, I think it's a personnel problem. He's not gonna, he's clearly not going to change his setup. But you can't tell me that uh, Magnus Eriksson is, is a guy that you want to be running out there in that system. Want, I love Wando. He's like the ultimate – you know, team player, but he's not going to work in that Jeez. setup. And, it was de- it was depressing when you see Wando too, and he's having uh, conversations during the game with LAFC players. Like, oh boy, this is bad. Yeah, I think. I mean, if I if I have to get inside the head of uh, Matias Almeida, I think he's got Wando out there. He's thinking, can you just go ahead and get your two goals? Let's get Wando watch over <laughs> with, <laughs> and then I can move on. So maybe you know, look, when you're a bad team, you got to have those little things that that maybe bring up the morale. So I think if Wando is able to tie that time, break that record, that's a little tip of the cap to him and his service to them. But yeah, I mean, he's going to need multiple transfer windows to just move some play. It's going to be a revolving door for a little while. But the scary thing is what if he gets one transfer window, then gets his head turned and takes off. So if I'm San Jose's management, I'm just, I'm walking on really tenuous ground right now. Yeah. You're looking for a redeeming quality of the uh, franchise. And right now there, I don't think there is one bar maybe a couple of young players that are moving along but not developed in the way that the club would have liked. All right, well, let's move the, to uh, – I'm going to put the ball in your court here, Vince, and let's look at the anatomy of a goal and two amazing goals that we saw uh, involving uh, Carlos Vela. And let's start with the highlight reel one. Once again, Carlos finds his spot and curls it around. It's it's like one of those things where he gets access there. It's it's to compare him to Lionel Messi. When you see Lionel Messi in spots, you know don't concede there. Well, the right side of the box on the attacking third to curl that around is uh, is Carlos Vela country, and he nailed it. Maybe the best one of his deliveries we've seen thus far. Well, Max, I I love when you call games, but I also love it a lot 
when you're when you're able he's a, to he's a nightmare. when you're able to sit with us in, in the press box because there's these little moments where Carlos will pick up the ball in that area and we all we all lean in Ooh, a little bit more yeah. we stand up and the funny thing is you can see him looking for it like he he's just looking he's like where can I find that launch angle and if he finds yeah. it which he did he, he's gonna make it every time you just can't stop it. You know what? I said Lionel Messi. You know me a better comparison is Steph Curry when he's dribbling and he knows his spots where he's going to launch a 25-foot three-pointer. That's what it feels like for Carlos Vela. It's just there he goes and unstoppable. And it's one. It's it's the man against the boys, really, when you see that. And he was absolutely flourishing uh, in a beautiful goal. I think that's pretty straightforward. But I know you want to talk about a second goal. Yes. Which Carlos scored. And we see a different development, which I think would be much more prominent. It's much more – optimistic and reason for optimism when you look at the LAFC setup. Yeah, I want to, this is a true team goal, and I'm talking about the third goal of the match, Carlos is second, right before halftime. Obviously, a dagger right before halftime. But if you have a chance, please sit down and watch the anatomy of goal. We've got some great quotes on it, specifically right from Bob um, and from Dio, uh, Dom and Diamande, who took part in it. And really, when you look at that goal, that's the type of, that's the LAFC goal, uh, Bob hates when I say that, so I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. But uh, <laughs> what I'm talking about, though, is, is – Vince, this. Vince, he's going to listen to the podcast. You know, Bob, he's going to pop in there because <laughs> – Bob, if you're listening, hello. Yep. Thanks for the memory so far, Bob. We're having a great time. See you when you get back from D.C. We'll talk about this. But, Bob, to, to your point, Bob, and I, now I'm talking directly to Bob. Uh, he <laughs> loves – he loves, and I loved it too, And I, in that second goal, there was just this, this synergy between almost everyone on the pitch. I mean, Tyler throws that ball out. Jordan kind of, it's a tough ball to handle, but Jordan already recognizes the space in front of Dio. Dio pulls off his marker at the right time. Dio flicks on to Diego, who's running at the right time. And the best part is you see Carlos, once he knows that Diego's on that ball, he just jets, runs straight for that. And that's when you have a player that is bought in, like Carlos's body, because we, we can talk about Carlos's MVP, but he's doing so many things off the ball that are, that are amazing. And when you have a guy that just knows if I get to that spot, they're going to find me. I'm going to run, make this run. Because look, you make that run, hopefully you, you always get it, but sometimes you won't. Um, but he makes that run. The, the best part of that run, when you, watch, when you watch it, watch Shea Salinas, because he, he's running and he goes, oh, I got to look back on my shoulder. He looks, Carlos blows by. He's like, oh, it's too late by that time. So just watch the, the ability of them to time all those runs. And that's just a perfect team goal. And, and like, like I said, it's, it's four passes and a goal that San Jose didn't even come close to touching that ball. And I mean, you want to talk about possession and sometimes possession gets, gets lost in the, this idea of tiki taka and passing and passing. Look, LAFC can take their possession, go straight at you. That's four passes. Ding, ding, ding down the field right before halftime whistle. Thank you. Game over. Yeah. And that repetition of movement, which, they practice so much paying off because now they have that kind of sixth sense to know where to go to connect those dots led to a great goal. It's going to be hard. They're going to be harder games here, but a big road win is LAFC best team in major league soccer unbeaten, unbeaten at home, unbeaten on the road. We'll preview the DC United game here in a little bit. It is, it was big a couple weeks ago. It was getting bigger a week ago. Now it is huge to be one of the potentially MLS games of the year. Just, if these two teams continue on the trajectory they're going, that's a little bit ahead, but we're going to, Hey, the MLS is a, the season's a month old, Vince. Are you ready to take a look back at the opening month? I am ready to take a look back and maybe talk about some things we maybe got right. Maybe we got wrong. I didn't get anything wrong. You don't get anything not. wrong. You don't get anything wrong in a month. I was very broad statement with some of my, uh, my 
predictions early on. So we'll, we'll take a look at that. I'm excited to see some of the things that we're going to mention because it has been a surprising season for me for better than worse so far. So that's ahead. This is Inside LAFC. Max and Vince will be right back. All right, we're back inside LAFC. We've made it to episode six. Congra- Congratulations, Vince. You did it. Yeah, we made it. Not yeah. canceled yet. <laughs> and uh, Vince put so much work into this. Uh, he, he, he keeps me on the rails for what we're going to do as so we can hit the ground running and have a really nice little podcast. Hope you're enjoying it. And we talk about everything. We're talking about what's happening in MLS thus far. And I know is that we, we, we ended the first segment here. I was going, there's a lot more that's been happy. That I don't think that's absolutely... Um, correct if I wear my MLS hat with some of the things that I've seen. But we'll get to the highlights because there have been some cool things developing. But um, for me, overall, I'm going to start off. Should we start with the whole league? Yeah, let's start with the whole and league. And we'll, we'll incorporate LFC where, they, where yeah. they possibly could fit in. To me, the big disappointment, obviously, and it, this is a f- fluid, liquid <laughs> situation, because Sporting Kansas City, we're recording this before the CONCACAF Champions League first leg semis. Maybe they surprised the field, but the disappointment of the league in there, the frustration, the insanity of doing the same thing over and over again and failing, it's, it's there again. And uh, this is as bleak as I felt about that competition after being inspired last year because of the efforts of Toronto FC and New York Red Bulls. I hope I get egg on my face for this and Sporting Kansas City goes out and wins it because I, it's important that an MLS team wins it. But the nature of the results, Vince, have been really disappointing. It's not even been close in a lot of situations. It's been fall behind and chase, chase, chase. I didn't think about that. I must have blocked that out of my mind because this, I, I, I wish I could. I'm glad you brought that up because I think what it is, we we looked at the teams that we're in. We're like, all right, this is our this is a really good go. You have Atlanta, Toronto. You still thought it would have been good, and then they just got boat raced, and it was like, oh, same old things. The only good. I would say, like you said, Sporting Kansas City is obviously still in it. Um, the ability to win that second leg in Mexico. The only good thing that came out of that, but it seems like, like you just said, maybe one step forward, but two steps back. So yeah, where are we at? Good. If only LAFC was in it this year. Who knows? Well, let's, let's, let's pump the brakes there as we look, that we look forward to potentially participating there in next season's edition. Uh, a couple disappointments, I think, and I'll hand, I'll hand it off to you after this. No surprise, the two MLS finalists, uh, not that they've been bad, but, you know, league worst bad. Portland looks, uh, it's it's almost hard to believe they made an MLS Cup when you see them playing now. It's like, is that the same team? They have Valerian Blanco there, but neither of those guys have hit any marks. And Portland probably is in a better situation. I mean, and they, and they are a, a sieve when it comes to allowing goals in a lot of situations as LAFC got on top of them. And then the Atlanta United situation, which I think, time will sort itself out because the new coach and the new star player, but results and goals are at such a premium for that team right now. It's, and they have plenty of time, but I, I think because of the stature of that club and the money they have spent for them to be poor is a major, major story here and abroad. Yeah. And it seems like they haven't figured it out. They had a little bit of a formation change, which I actually agreed with. I think playing a, a two man central midfield just doesn't suit that team. Uh, but it's weird to think I, I could offer you to be either the MLS Cup finalists from last year or the winners, and you might not want to be either of those teams right now. <laughs> and, but I, I think I don't know. I kind of I'm kind of with you. I think Portland Portland kind of stumbled to start last season. So I feel like yeah, if anyone has but not the like ability, this, 
not like this. Yeah, not like this. But I think if anyone has the ability to figure it out, I, I would think more them than Atlanta. Atlanta just seems like a little bit of a dumpster fire, yeah. if I'm being honest. It is. It is. I mean, with Atlanta and uh, what does this mean? Big picture now they can make the postseason. But, you know, if in a couple of weeks, if they don't drop further, I think the idea of finishing first in the East or for Portland finishing first in the West, which they don't need, and getting that by – uh, which is a valuable asset. I think that goes out the rearview mirror and you just focus on other positions. And that's something that is something that comes out of a poor start. They're by no means out of it yet. But a couple more weeks, if, say, uh, Toronto gets really hot or D.C. United pours it on, then you kind of say bye bye at that point. All right, Vince, yeah. what do you got? What do you got about uh, your surprises or disappointments? I love that you went all like disappointments. So I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a surprise on the back end. Okay, I got I got more happy stuff. But surprise for me is the Texas teams, Houston and, yeah. and FC Dallas. I mean, Houston especially. I, I just they never seem to figure it out in the right moments, and but they look like they're on fire right now. Like they can't do any wrong. Um, and then FC Dallas, I thought they would take more of a step backwards, um, but they're actually a very interesting team to watch. Uh, to go from a counterattacking team to a more possession-oriented team uh, has been really interesting. The only thing I'll say about it, though, is that I'm looking at them just like I'm looking at Seattle and saying, you haven't played anyone yet. Like, they haven't played playoff teams. So they look great, but who knows what's going to happen. I mean, Seattle hasn't played a single team that that was in the playoffs last season. They're going to play their first one this weekend against RSL, but RSL's lost three in a row. So I still don't know how good Seattle is. So I think one of the bigger surprises is the fact that, like, we – can't seem to make it, it seems like we were able to make more sense of the league at this time last year and this now I'm like I feel it's more up in the air than it's ever been uh, absolutely and but I, I like what you mentioned there's some teams that have uh, Houston certainly the top excuse me I got my some water my son just passed it on to me I'm asking him to do some exercise but is there can I help you Hello. yeah <laughs> the, this is what happens delicious. Skype. everyone everyone wants to be on the show we can't help it I know this guy has uh, sabotaged a couple of YouTube TV broadcasts, too, with some hijinks in the past. Anyway, I'll leave it at that. Star in the making. Yeah. But um, <laughs> uh, this is kind of a new uh, development. I, I, DC and I – okay, get out of here. Christian Nemeth, uh, it's interesting. He gets a hat trick. No one really talked about it. And the big thing with Sporting Kansas City is they don't have a, a, a number nine that can get them goals. Maybe it was their downfall, although I think – they certainly had one foot in the MLS Cup door and it got away from them in that Western Conference final. But that's a, a big detail to them becoming uh, an MLS Cup favorite. And he gets his hat trick and now he's got four goals on the season. And Peter Vermes is comparing him to Kuhn Aguero. And you know, like Bob Bradley comparing Vela to Messi, people go, ah. But he's trying to compare to what Kuhn Aguero does for Manchester City and what Namath does there. And you can get to, you buy it, you can certainly see that from his perspective. To see Namath who was, you know, uh, an afterthought now getting that rave reviews from his coach and maybe being a a long-term replacement. I don't know if we're there yet, but there's a promising development for sporting in a much-needed position. I think that's good news and a surprise. And the other thing is DC United, and we'll talk about in the preview, and it's not so much Wayne Rooney's going to get all the credit, and why not? I think they like it that way. I think they've allowed one goal. Their defense has been amazing. Uh, Credit to Ben Olsen. Dave Casper, whose name we don't mention enough because – They've gotten these Argentine players that are uh, – Lucas Rodriguez is another one who's fit right in. Lucho Gonzalez, I was reading today, is getting a lot of interest worldwide. This is – he wasn't the hot commodity before he arrived at D.C. United. He is now. So that club, which looks so bleak, four years ago I looked at their roster and I go, they're in, they're in for a long-haul rebuild. There's nothing. But they're developing good good players. Dirk and 
Canals and all these other situations across the board. It, it reminds you like LAFC, a team that's doing well in a lot of departments. I don't know if that's a big surprise, but I'm surprised how, how much quicker it's happened for them. I'm a little surprised. I mean, defensively, I would have said if I looked for at sure, the thing, defense, I would have said, oh, well, I think DC's defense is just OK-ish. But you have Hara who comes in uh, right back. Great. I mean, the, I would say this, though, the, they're going to miss their, their left back uh, that just got injured, that, that has the jaw injury. I think you you got if you're playing Chris McCann as your starting left back, you yeah. got a little you got a little problem. Got some you got some problems. Sure. So, I mean, depth is going to be a, a thing for every team, but I think yeah, I, I agree with you there. I want to I want to plug a, a not surprise because I called it. Oh. I want to say this. Toronto, Toronto FC? being good because the second that they went to that CCL and got rolled over, everyone looked at me and goes, "Way to go, way to go, Vince!" And that. Uh, YouTube show, way to, way to call it that Toronto might still be MLS Cup contenders. And I said, yeah, I'm not looking too good right now. But nine points from nine. Pasuelo's in there. Did you, predict, great. Did, did you predict that debut for him? All right, enough. No. We, we got you. Thank you. It's not lemonade. It's water with a lemon on it. Sorry, this kid's trying to get in, this kid's trying to get in my good graces. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> But Pazuela looks like the real deal. He's going to go two goals and assist and Panenka, this, that, and the other, and Rabona's and whatever. No. But what you got to say is he actually, even before those, looked really, really good. Like, those were actually just kind of like icing on the cake for me because watching him in that first half where he didn't have a goal, just had the assist to Josie, it was phenomenal. He, he was going, could go either way with the ball, was able to kind of tr- link the team. I mean, he was a lot of fun to watch. And then, obviously, he, Panenka and then... The, the chip was just the disrespect to just look up, yeah. go, it's on my left foot. Eh, I don't care. I'll just kick it. Let's see what happens. It's just, it's, I love it. It's, it's we, a, it's a bit of a, uh, I, I just kind of, kind of like guys that are like, I'm just going to try something. But I'll say this. We, some, some of these goalkeepers have to wise up with the Panenka and be ready for it because it's, it's getting a little too, it's getting a little too swarmy. Everyone's going a little bit here and there. And the only way it will stop is if goalkeepers catch on to it. So I look forward to that. Like smacking that ball there. You ain't panenka me, me here. Panenka-ing. I don't invented a word. You're not panenka me here right in front of everyone. Like, Get out of here with that. But it hasn't happened yet. So yeah, panenka well, away. Well, no one wants to be the guy that the goalkeeper doesn't move for and just catches it at chest height, right? But it's going to happen. <laughs> it's good. He's going to go, I'm staying here. He's going to try and panenka me. Yeah. One of the great debates developing in world soccer. Well, congratulations on that. I believe Toronto has some staying power and uh, let's move on to uh, surprises of LAFC and uh, uh, their dis- uh, disappointments. I, I, I don't know if that, that has to be a very short list. Yeah, no disappointments, really. The, the surprise for me is, is Eddie Segura. And the only yes. reason why I say that is because when he came, we were told, OK, this is a young guy. We really like him. They really loved him. They loved his skill set. But they said they were going to bring him along slowly. And then he shows up. He's in great shape. Good for him. He shows up early and in great shape. Uh, and then you have Danilo that has a little bit of problem getting getting his paperwork done, and he just seized that spot, just totally tore it away, seized it, not giving it back. Um, and now he looks like he looks like he's been here for for years, and the club hasn't even been around for years. He just looks like he fits right in. His English is getting better. I mean, there's just there's so much to love about him, but I just it's only a surprise to me because we were told, all right, guys, we're gonna bring this guy in, but like let's. You know, we're very excited about him, but, you know, let's not go too crazy because we think we're going to have to burn it along slowly. And it's like, nope, just pop in. You look like you've been here for ages. Unbelievable. And um, I agree 100 percent. That would have been my how, how not just how, how he's become a, a featured player, but how important he has. Has he made an MLS team of the week? I don't think so. He That's absurd. Yeah, he has it. 
And by the way, there's this, uh, this is the best Colombian romance since Romancing the Stone. That's a dated <laughs> If you haven't seen a great movie, Michael Douglas, uh, Kathleen, what's her name? Turner. That's Kathleen Turner. Great movie. Uh, they're in uh, Medellin and Cartagena, Colombia. Anyway, the, the romance, it's, Ed, it's a football romance. It's Edward Atuesta and Eddie Segura. I spoke to Atuesta about it, and he, I said, How's, how have you looked after Eddie? He goes, oh, no, it's been seamless. It's We became immediate friends. I show him around. And I think that's played a minor role, has to be, not only in the development of it. Both the Colombians are looking as good as you can imagine right now. And you have to figure there's something to that. And Eddie looks, to your, what you said, like he's been around. It's not just on the soccer side. The way he, we see him at the training center, the way he's adapted to L.A. life, he looks comfortable. There's not that, oh, i got to take care of this, I'm overwhelmed. He always is at ease. He's 21. And he's, he, ha, he looks like he has to figure, and figure it out. <laughs> when you're a team and the guy shows up in great shape, as the coaches, you got to be like, are you kidding me? Yeah, just, yeah. just get on in there. How, do I, how am I to prevent you from taking 90 minutes every time out? Yeah, he's all he's all business, and but he's just, he's he's a very pleasant guy to be around though too, and I think that j he just fits the mo. I think we can plug a little bit of uh, Jordan and uh, Beta's podcast with with uh, John Thornton back to back. They talked about the culture, and John talked about how they want to bring in players that play a certain style, but they also have to fit a certain way because if you have just even one guy that kind of infiltrates the locker room and is um, you know, wow, just a yeah. horrible person to be around. It, 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 it's magnified when you have a bunch of good guys, right? If you, because then that guy's the outcast and then everyone's yeah. to kind of, kind of pull where they want to go and there's clicks and stuff like that. And I mean, Eddie hasn't, he's, you know, he fits, just fits the MO and I, I, I just, I can't, I just can't believe it. it's 21 years old. I just, it's probably because I just keep thinking about myself at 21 and I know how much of a jerk I was. Yeah. So I self-reported on myself. I ain't getting well, I don't, I don't want to describe myself at 21. Well, you know, wet behind the ears. We'll, we'll leave it. We'll leave it at that. Uh, I think, as I mentioned, Atuesta Twist has been a, a tremendous development. Everything else has been right where you hoped it would have been. Mm -hmm. I don't think we'd be surprised that Carlos Vela Rossi uh, are, are getting there. I think everyone else is is figuring out the fact that it's pretty much the same 11 with a couple changes on the uh, in the game uh, against San Jose, but the other. If there's a disappointment, I don't know if it's a disappointment, but a frustration that Andre Horta hasn't been 100% and you hope to get there so we can see what he has to offer. But we haven't had a chance to do that, and hopefully that will come here in the month of April. He has time. He certainly has time right now to, to get some minutes somewhere there. And, and you would imagine opportunities will arise just as it has happened with Lee Wynn picking up an injury. Probably there's a lot of good guys. Latif Blessings, I don't know. If, I, I've been pleasantly surprised how he has taken that next step as well as a player. So that midfield has a lot of good horses. Yeah. I mean, the, you can never anticipate the injury bug, right? But you just hope you have backup. And it's just so funny that they, they, we knew they had backup coming in. I felt actually really confident, but then it's Latif that's plugging in. Like yeah. Mr. Doodle. I mean, that. I guess you'd have to say that Latif might even be the biggest surprise. He's going to play every position on the planet um, and, and do it well. I mean, again, we people think of Latif and they think of him as a winger and he just he, they think of him just running a lot. Man, watch him, watch him in the center of midfield. It seems like every week he's starting he to kind great. of figure it out, little bits. And even against San Jose, he he's kind of finding space. He knows when he has to be clean on the ball. Um, he is a he's learning from that kind of mistake he made against RSL where he got maybe a little bit too active trying to win the and ball the penalty. Back. Yep. But I mean, what what do you do? You don't reel a guy in that you say, hey, uh, just be careful. I mean, basically, you want him to be that guy, especially in the system. They need to be ready to get the ball when it turns over. But yeah, Latif, another surprise. And I'm with you. It's hard. It's hard to pick a disappointment because I just yeah. I, there's nothing. 
nothing from yeah. me. Just injury. Just right. injuries. Injuries are the only disappointment. But that's what are you going to do? Let me say something. This is the way the league works. This is the way the sport works. There's going to be some bad patches, and we'll be here to talk about them. It's going to happen at some point, unless it's the most magical season of all time. So bear with us and continue to join us here on Inside LFC. I'll tell you about Latif is that he, he, he a rarity where he goes after defenders. Does he beat them all the time one-on-one? No, but I think sometimes when you get a guy who can engage it, it's, it's, a, great, it's a great weapon. So uh, here we are a month in. LFC is four wins and a draw. Best record, most points, I should say, in Major League Soccer. How much should we look into the standings, not just with LAFC, but the rest of the teams in the league right now? Who's going to get better? Who's going to get worse? Where do you see it after the end of April, per se? What scares me is that the Sounders are so good right now, right? Like the last two years, they, they decided to only turn it on once it gets summertime. So I, I don't know. But again, I'll say this. They have not played a single team that were in the playoffs last season. So I'm still kind of bullish on them. I'm not sure... Uh, and as I say, the, you know, the Texas teams, they look good. I don't know, man. I mean, <laughs> they could they could just be that they're playing teams. So I don't know what to make. I, I put this in here because I honestly don't know what to make of this table. I think LFC is good, and I think DC is good. I think Columbus. I like those two teams at the top. I think yeah. they, 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 might, they should be there by summertime. It's like the teams at the very top, I'm, I'm in for. I think that's fine. The teams at the very bottom, I also think, are somewhat fine-ish. No, now, now I'm looking, I'm seeing Timbers all the way down there. Ah, I'm, I just want to throw it all out, Max. It's, it's not – I mean, I know that San Jose was going to be bad. I didn't know that Atlanta was going to be this bad. I mean, NYCFC seemed like they had some problems. They haven't won a game They're bad. in a long time. Yeah, going back to last season, I mean, the, even though they, they weren't losing, they're not winning either. And in this league, you got to win at home and at least draw on the road. They're not doing that. So I don't know, man. It's I don't think we can make anything of it, but the <laughs> – but maybe the, the teams that are playing this weekend are very good. That's it. Yeah. By the way, we talk about Seattle and their schedule. It's one of the craziest scheduling uh, developments. April 21st, LAFC hosts Seattle. Next week, April 28th, LAFC is in Seattle. So uh, get, get your Seattle LAFC love-hate in those two weeks. Yeah. All right. Let us, we're going to be back um, talking about the MLS standings. We're going to look at the teams currently at the top of them right now. LAFC, D.C., they play this weekend. It's going to be huge, and we're going to preview it as well as talk about Carlos Vela and Wayne Rooney and where they stack up amongst the elite players in Major League Soccer. This is Inside LAFC. back inside LAFC. Vince LaRosa, Max Bredos, thrilled to be with you here as we're getting into the second month of the season. LAFC, the only setback, if you can call it that, is they tied New York City FC. Otherwise, they have been perfect with four wins, and now they go on that big road trip across again for the first time since visiting Yankee Stadium, and they'll be at D.C. United. We know the traveling supporter is going to be there as they have been all season long. If you want a great option on watching that game, it is on Saturday early. Go down to Jocks or Daly's. Great pub atmosphere there. I, I haven't been there since I moved back to L.A. I'll make sure I get back there. I've had some great memories there. It's on Washington Boulevard in Cul- Culver City, not too far from Sepulveda, not too far from Tito's Tacos. So the Jocks or Daly's Tito's Tacos double, pretty handy on a day like this. If you want to check it out there, so go out and watch DC United. A great viewing party. Uh, there in uh, Culver City, which is really the center of, of everything here in Los Angeles, Vince. 
Is it? We need to get. Yeah, what kind of? It's it's <laughs> kind of kind of within the center. We need to get a get get a pint over there at Jocks or Dailies. I know we need to get over there. Well, if you weren't heading out to you know jet setting around Europe, we might be able to go out there. But maybe you know, hey, if they keep having results like this when we have watch parties there, I think we're going to be there a lot. They, they were there for San Jose. Look, after San Jose, I was walking around. I mean, I watched the game at home. I was walking around town, and there was it was in South Bay. Folks with LAFC hats. Folks with LAFC jerseys, had three of them. But you, know, you walk around town, you see three. It was three more than I saw of a, a Lakers jersey or yeah. a, no one's watching Lakers. So it is, it's making some serious uh, waves here locally. I always love the uh, when you see a guy with an LAFC hat and maybe you have yours on. Or you know what's the worst is when I don't have anything LAFC on and I see a guy with an LAFC hat and I give him the, the nod and he looks at me like, what the hell is that guy's problem? I don't reach out to them because they see they see and then I'll say, oh, then they'll put the math together. I work for it. And then I have to buy them a beer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you're, you're, well, you're front facing. So they, they know you. But they some people see me and go, I think I've seen that guy before. But so, yeah, I got to remember if I don't have the gear on, too, it's weird. I have to drop a lot of times. I have to drop two or three hints, and they're like, ah, oh, they're like, I love LAFC. And I'm like, stand there. Yeah. What's yeah, you like? It? What about the uh, the broadcast? Oh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's me. It's Max. Oh, Max. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. kind of like that. You just gotta scream out a goal. It's a real morale booster. But anyway, well, I pry. Max, I pry. Max, you you buried the lead on the Jocker Dailies. We one of the other big things uh, there. Uh, we got we got ourselves a uh, giveaway going on. Oh yeah. People. Dude, oh the uh giving. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. If you don't, if you need another reason, if you don't need it or you do, a Carlos Vela jersey giveaway at Jocker Dailies. So get down there. Get there early. It's the street what by is- street jersey. I saw him. I saw him sign it. We have pictures on the website of him signing it. So we have confirmation that he did it before taking out the DC. And this game's kicking off 11:30, I believe, locally. 11:30 is coverage start. It's noon kickoff. Uh, noon kickoff. And the so lead get down. In, the lead in is, is Munich Dortmund. Fire Munich Dortmund. Fantastic. And Fox and Big Fox. I- I, I don't know. I'll probably be on a train somewhere, so I'll have to watch that when I get back. I'll have to find out where I can see uh, MLS uh, overseas, too, so I can tune in for that. But it won't be the Jocks or Daily. I'll, I'll save that for the next time. Next time. Let's, let's talk about this. Is this the biggest game of the year? Is this the biggest game? I mean, obviously, the rivalry elements of sporting in Portland, but heading into this game, is this the biggest moment? This is the most anticipated game for LAFC? Absolutely. For both these teams, right? They're both looking at their form saying, we're pretty good. We know we're pretty good. But it, you always want to keep testing yourselves and, and saying, are, are we for real? Because, you know, teams can go – look at Portland. When that second game of the season came up, we saw Portland. We thought, ah, snow game, not much to take from that. Portland's still in the MLS Cup Finals. We want to do well against them. Well, we beat them 4-1, and since then they're on a tailspin. So sometimes you don't know just how good yeah, they are. Yeah, we did that. We did that. Yeah, we did that. <laughs> Me, you and I from the press box. Uh, but, no, you, you, this is one of those games where you can say, look, if we get a result here, we know – we know exactly what we have. We know we passed tests, especially on the road. But I think one of the biggest things is this is going to be just a great advertisement for MLS. These are the types of games we need to have every week because, look, as much as I love to watch MLS and I definitely get yelled at for staying on the couch for 11 hours on Saturdays, there's some real stinkers that you watch yeah. every week. And this, But this should be just as, you know, as well received. And I think the presentation with a great field, a great stadium is going to look as great as – Sporting LAFC to start the season. So these are the type we need to have these games week in and week out. You know what I love about this game, Vince, is like at the beginning of the season, you did you you kind of circled it, but a soft circle. But now because of the way things have developed, it's become a huge game. 
you can generally see the big games in Major League Soccer, the ones that we are drawn to, that the TV, the two big, uh, the three big uh, national TV uh, companies sell on are rivalries. You want LFC, LA Galaxy. You want New York City, Red Bulls, Portland, Seattle. We know why. So we, we, we can do a hard circle on that. But this game has gotten bigger as a season. We knew about Carlos Vela and Wayne Rooney. We didn't know that right now they're the top two front runners. We, we, we could maybe guess that was going to be the case, but they are, that's where they reside. And now you have this game. You're like, this is really good. I'm excited for this game. No geographical connections. It's just two teams that are very good. And I think in any sport, that's the big, at the end of the day, that's the big draw. You want to see good games. Yeah, there's so many things. Two teams that are very good, top of each respective table, with the two best players in the league, the best offense versus the best defense in the league. Like They just keep stacking up. So like you said, they love rivalries because they know that even if the players aren't there, it's still a rivalry. It's going to look fantastic. But they saw, like you said, they saw the look at this. They go, hey, well, very least, Bella Rooney. Hopefully we'll have them in good form. Well, guess what? You got them in the best form you could ask for. Yeah. I mean, coming off a hat trick, Rooney already has his hat trick for the season. So these guys are going to go right against each other, but and I'm excited to see it. But I'm also I'm just really excited for these two teams because I don't want to put too much on the on the emphasis. Obviously, whoever gets the result is going to push that much farther ahead in that MVP race. Still think Bella's ahead just a little bit, but if he obviously if LFC go there and if Bella has something to do with the win, I mean, <laughs> he's going to be well head and shoulders above everyone else. But the the two teams just look really good. Yeah. Uh, from an LFC perspective, they can go in and get a result. This is an eye-opener, even if it's a, a draw or something, because this is a good team. New York City, there was question marks, obviously winning in San Jose. I would say I've been more impressed by LAFC than D.C. United up to this point. I, I watched that entire Orlando game, and I thought Orlando very unlucky to end up losing it, not because of some of these referee decisions that were viewed over and over, and again, whether it was a foul and the placement of the ball. Orlando, I thought, played better and deserved more. And credit to D.C. United for hanging in there and able to get the result. But I, I, I think there's a chance here for LAFC to prove to say we are the best team in Major League Soccer if they play the way that we have expected them uh, so far this season. Yeah, I think D.C.'s had some games that have just had some weird things happen, right? Like you Correct. Play our, you play RSL and they go two men down, you, you better hammer them. Uh, Orlando, I agree with you. Orlando after they went down, decided, oh, we could maybe play with these guys. And I think that was the first time DC really maybe was worried a little bit, other than that that nil-nil in New York. But I can't, just like LAFC's game there, I can't take anything away from that game because it feels just so horrible. So I think if you look at this game, you look at some of the things that Orlando did, maybe LFC can, uh, I like some of the, the ability to get behind uh, Moreno and their, their defensive mid. They, they've got two fantastic defensive mids in Russell Canals and Moreno. And I think that that's what allows their front four to really thrive. Uh, but if LFC can kind of get in there, but then you watch other things that Orlando did, and it's, LFC's not going to send in a bunch of crosses. So yeah. <laughs> there's not much to learn off of that. So Right, but, absolutely. But if you look at this game, yeah, it's going to be, again, Rooney, Vela, I get it. But I, I'm looking at the two midfields, and I'm thinking that you're going to need control in this game because both these teams have that quick attack ability on the counter. It's going to be the team that – is able to control the match and the team that even when they lose the ball is going to be set up in the necessary ways and with the necessary balance to win the ball back quickly. So it's going to be interesting. I don't know. I don't know if DC is going to want to come out and press like they have some teams. Cause I just, I think if you watch the, if you watch the earthquakes game and albeit they didn't press well, but if you watch that and you say, Oh, well, we don't, we don't want any of that. Maybe we play more of a lower block and we try to see what, what LAFC can do. And then we run off Rooney 
and we run off Ariola, and we run off Rodriguez, and we just see if we can catch him on the counter. So, Edward, I'm, I'm going to call it now. Edward Atuesta is going to be a very busy man in this game. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to – I'm not going to steal your thunder. I'm just going to repeat what you said because you, you basically were said what I was thinking with regards to this team. I will also agree with you. Carlos Vela has the edge in the, the MVP race. I think it's a little bit – I would be more – a bigger gap than maybe you suggested because uh, Vela has had three crowning games where Rooney may, I think one and a half. So I, I give it to, I give it to him there or two games. We'll give him two games. I give Vela the lead there. As for the lineup, I think you mentioned the two defensive midfielders. So I give, I mean, you look at the back line of DC United. These are a lot of guys. I mean, Birnbaum was a guy that we, uh, he kind of came off, came off the burner there. And the rest of them, you're like, okay, nice group of guys. So I really start to think it's the defensive effort of those of Moreno and Canals that have made a big difference in keeping teams' offenses quelled so far for DC United. So I think if LAFC can have success against that pairing, and Moreno, another guy that they have discovered, what a great find, young uh, defensive midfielder uh, to find with a guy that they've developed uh, domestically as well. And for the same reason. Eduardo Tuesta, I think Lucho's going to be someone that he's going to have to keep a watchful eye on. And if he can shut him down, that's going to get LAFC the possession they need, where then they can go after the defensive midfield of DC United. So that midfield's where it's worth the action is going to be. And there's so much talent there. Um, but I, again, I, I see opportunity for LAFC. If there's a wild card, maybe a guy like Beta, maybe he can find some space if things get tangled up there. But I think, as you said, the ball, the, the game will be won by those three names Moreno Canals. Atuesta. Yeah, you look at both teams that kind of complement each other, and they can both do damage in areas where there maybe the team is a little bit weaker, or, or I won't say weaker. It's just you have trade-offs, right? So DC likes to fly their their fullbacks forward. Well, you fly your fullbacks forward, that means Carlos Vela has space in behind. But those are just you know if you have control though, then Carlos is pinned back. So that's why we're saying when we see this game, we just see the the trade-offs. We just see okay, who can do this? Hey. Is LAFC's center back going to go with Rooney when he peels off that back line, or is it going to be Edward Atuesta that's going to have to pick that up? So these are just little nuances of the game to watch, but I think that's what's going to make this such a good game because it's going to be yeah. two teams that say, I'm going to do what I do best, you try to do what you do best, and let's see who comes out on top. And not, the field's not going to play a part because the field is beautiful there. The stadium's beautiful there. It sounds like the weather's going to be beautiful there. Um, I think it's going to be a great, great city. Great, great city traveling out there. Soak it all in. Washington, D.C. will deliver, especially with spring in the air. Cherry blossoms oh. in bloom. Cherry blossoms. You know, my there's debates where the people say Washington, D.C. is a southern city because of its location. And if you ever want to get people in D.C. all fired up, talk about that because you'll get people on both sides if you are traveling there. It's a fun little side thing to do in Washington, D.C. All right. Uh, real quick, I'm going to London. Never tell an Englishman, Vince, that you're going to London because you know what they will ask? They'll ask you to bring back stuff. Of course. I've asked, I told mentioned two, and they both said, and they, you know, one of them said PG tips tea. I go, you can get PG tips tea here. He goes, yeah, but it tastes better when you get the English version. I go, I'm not putting a box of tea bags in my suitcase on the way back. Well, you nailed it on the head. They still, they think that everything where it comes from tastes better. It's the yeah. same. Maybe the beer, not the tea. Come on. Maybe the beer. Maybe the Guinness. That's it. I'm not bringing back any beer. No. I don't think you can. Uh, no, you can't. All right. Well, I'll bring back something. I'll bring back something for you, Vince. You've been on your best behavior and you deserve something nice. Yeah, I need I need one of those like rip off kits. Just give me the, the most obscenely <laughs> poor kit that you find. And bring it I'll, have my eyes, I'll have my eyes peeled. 
All right, make sure you subscribe to the podcast Inside LAFC. Max and Vince, looking forward to a real busy month of April. and Some special guests will be popping in along the way. Subscribe, leave some comments, and uh, let you know, let us know what you think because that helps us rate Man, and review it. Maxie with the final word. Yeah, always. Guess what? After all these shenanigans, uh, he's now going to go do a two-mile run outside. So that's his punishment. Oh, God. I'll let you know how it goes on episode seven. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then have to go on a, a cross-Atlantic flight so he doesn't even know what he's in for. <laughs> Doing him a favor. All right, good stuff, Vince. <laughs>